Welcome to Ahead of the Cloud, Coevolve's podcast on next-generation enterprise networking technologies, including SD-WAN, SASE, and multi-cloud networking. I'm Kieran Roach, co-founder and CTO of Coevolve. Today, we wanted to talk about a topic that's become really relevant to just so many of our global enterprise clients and prospects, and that's the use of a next-generation middle mile to connect users back to internal applications and multi-cloud workloads without the dependency on a traditional telco backbone. And we've seen a lot of clients become very interested in this as they've adopted SD-WAN and see this as a next step that they can take to optimize the connectivity back to these workloads. And we thought it would be really helpful to get an additional perspective on this topic. It's a topic that's often somewhat confusing to look at. It's a lot of different aspects to it. And we thought that getting this perspective from uh, an external expert on the subject will be particularly helpful just to set the scene and explain some of the real world benefits that uh, that enterprises can achieve from it. So I'm joined today by a very special guest. Uh, Kevin Scahill is the Senior Director of Product Management at Equinix. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much. Welcome and uh, really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Kieran. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's good to be here and uh, look forward to the discussion. Well, maybe we should start with a, a brief introduction just about yourself and your role. And we've had a growing partnership with Equinix for probably the last year or so. We've already seen that result in some great benefits for our clients in terms of the joint solutions we've put together. So maybe you could start with just sharing that bit of background about your role at Equinix and the key areas that you focus on there. Sure. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I'm Director of Product Management for Equinix's Network Edge offering. Uh, it's all about delivering a service that enables our customers to easily select, deploy, and connect virtual network functions uh, in real time. Um, so just working on building that business up, um, you know, developing new capabilities for the platform, uh, including uh, new, new vendors uh, that we bring to our marketplace, uh, as well as making it easier uh, to consume um, for the partners as well as for end customers. Great. Well, thanks again, Kevin, for being with us. And I think that background will really help to, to add some additional perspective into the into the topic today. So maybe to start with just some of the uh, the framing around the discussion overall. So we talk to multinational enterprises really all around the world. And this whole topic of finding an alternative to the traditional telco backbone, and it's sometimes called a middle mile, is, is something that comes up pretty regularly. And there's a real question here around how this differs from the way traditional enterprise WANs were built. So in the past, you had a single telco infrastructure that would go all the way from the edge of the network back up into the data centers and applications and workloads that sat there. And I think we've seen that really start to become fragmented with SD-WAN at the edge and multi-cloud environments at the other end. So I guess, first of all, how would you define this overall space? And, and what are the key characteristics of solutions like the, the Equinix Network Edge platform and then the other components that it sits as, as part of? Yeah, I think what I'm seeing is that I'm seeing a lot of uh, enterprises, you know, every enterprise is in a different stage of their cloud journey, but um, that they become increasingly distributed. They no longer have kind of that central a uh, single data center where everything goes to that data center. Um, and in fact, their workloads are distributed and they want to make sure that, you know, their, their employees, their customers, their partners, um, all have, uh, you know, an optimal experience. And so that means that they're looking for ways, uh, really to provide on-ramp, um, to the cloud 
from various notions where again you know they're going to have uh, not not they're they're not only present in multiple clouds but um, within each cloud they're present in multiple regions and so they need that same level of presence to make sure there's a great on ramp experience and interconnection uh, between uh, their various um, areas where they have presence for their business right okay and if you're an enterprise then that's maybe already using SD1 as an overlay technology at the edge of the network, and that's become a pretty common model, the question then is, well, how do you go about integrating this type of technology into the environment? So maybe you've completely eliminated private connectivity at the edge. You've put an SD1 overlay across the top of that to aggregate connections or to optimize performance at the edge. So. How does uh, the Equinix offering then build on that to connect the network back to your own global backbone and onto data centers and, and cloud platforms? So what's typically involved for the enterprise that wants to go down that path and, and swap out the, the traditional network for this type of platform? Sure. So, you know, with, with Network Edge, we have a global platform where we currently have a presence in, in 26 uh, different markets uh, worldwide. And so what we find is that uh, customers may want to um, aggregate um, traffic from multiple sites into a single metropolitan location that they can then uh, connect quickly to the cloud via private interconnection. And when they do that, they're able to take advantage of, uh, well, one, very high performance connections to the clouds because we tend to place our data centers very close to uh, the clouds. Um, so they'll have very low latency um, connections to the clouds with private interconnection, and they're oftentimes taking advantage of things like, you know, Microsoft Express Route, Google uh, Cloud Interconnect, AWS Direct Connect, uh, the equivalent for Oracle, and so forth. Right, so um, they're able to, 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 to then take all of their various sites and they have an aggregation point that they can then get quick connectivity to the cloud and then when they want to connect between different sites they can actually take advantage of Equinix's fabric. Equinix has invested a lot in building a global fabric that has again high performance and low latency and so um, you know we're finding a lot of customers that are essentially using Equinix's fabric to build their uh, their own core network uh, so to speak um, and that works well both when the customer is trying to optimize for you know user to cloud situations but also when they have a hybrid cloud environment where they have their own workloads um in you know sometimes there are reasons to have workloads um in their data centers and some oftentimes when we say in their data centers that oftentimes actually means at equinox right because a lot of times customers will be renting cabinets and cages uh, in Equinix facilities, and they may be doing that because there might be you know, privacy concerns, there might be um, you know, data sovereignty issues, there might be security concerns, there may be reasons to have workloads closer to the edge. Um, uh, and, and in some cases, it may actually be cheaper, or maybe they just have legacy applications that they just haven't yet moved to uh, and, and cloudified. And so, uh, again, Equinix is the perfect location to be able to, to interconnect all of that, uh, all of the, all of the enterprises needs around connecting to the clouds, to, uh, the data centers and, uh, you know, back to the on-prem facilities, uh, as well. 
Okay, and and to do that, then you're you're typically we've seen this from some of our own experience. You're using virtual SD WAN appliances, virtual routers, virtual firewalls. So a lot of the same vendors that the client may be familiar with and already using in their existing environment. And what level of automation is there there to help spin up those instances to be able to easily join the the piece that sits outside the Equinix network to the piece that sits inside the Equinix network? What's that experience look like for the users? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, the user is essentially deploying a virtual uh, device. So rather than it being a physical uh, appliance, you know, in, in the old days, they would, you know, rent uh, old days being even today, right? You know, the alternative is you go rent a cabinet and you install um, install a device in, in that cabinet and, you know, uh, go ahead and, and connect that. And again, you can, you can connect it in, at, in an Equinox facility to the internet, just like with, with Network Edge, you can connect it to the internet, or you can use private interconnection to connect, again, with high performance and low latency to the cloud providers as well as other uh, private destinations. But um, at the end of the day, the, the customer will, uh, with Network Edge, instead of running a cabinet and cage and physically acquiring that and racking and sacking it and so forth, they just spin it up virtually and then, um, you know, make it discoverable by the orchestrator of their choice, right? Each, whether it's, uh, you know, Cisco vManage or, um, you know, the, the Bellacloud orchestrator, etc. cetera, um, then it becomes part of that SD-WAN um, network and is managed through, through that orchestration uh, engine. Um, we have recently, you know, worked with um, with Cisco so that uh, a customer, if they so choose, or a partner, if they so choose, can deploy a um, SD WAN device through the vManage, the, the Cisco vManage orchestrator, so that they don't have to you know, swivel around in the chair to a screen to, to deploy that at Equinox. But, okay. uh, you know, it cuts out a single step, but either way, um, either way, it's simple, right? So you're just spinning up the, the SD-WAN device and making it discoverable by the orchestrator uh, for, for making it part of the SD-WAN network. Right. Okay. Now, that's, uh, it's interesting to see where that's going, definitely, to be able to have that level of integration, I think, could be helpful for some enterprises, for sure. And... For enterprises that are not already uh, using services deployed in your, your own data centers, they're not renting cabinets or, or rack space in those environments, are you seeing enterprises kind of start from square one and gaining benefits from the network edge and the, the fabric product, even if they don't have that existing footprint? And I guess if you are seeing that, wh why are they typically doing it? Are they doing it for performance reasons, commercial reasons? simplifying their environment if it's multi-cloud or what are the typical use cases you see there? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of our uh, network edge customers are brand new to Equinix. Um, and so they're coming to Equinix to deploy virtual network functions again because they're on their cloud journey. And, you know, um, particularly as they start to go to more than one cloud, uh, they may want to be able to optimize the uh, routing between those clouds. Uh, even if it's a single cloud, um, they, again, they oftentimes want to take advantage of that private interconnection uh, to be able to get to, um, to to the cloud destinations via, you know, again, things like uh, Direct Connect. Um, in other use cases, 
um, you know, customers are just establishing more presence, right? They, they want to they want to do business in, in in another geographic location, and so they want to make sure that again their employees, their partners, their customers all have a good experience. So rather than tromboning traffic back to their existing sites, they want to make sure that they have a presence in one of those geographic locations where um, again they can be on ramps to their cloud cloud workloads um, and uh, um, and again you know when a when a, when an enterprise deploys a cloud workload uh, if, if if they're going to be a global company they're going to have workloads in multiple regions within those clouds so again you don't want to trombone the traffic you just want to be able to let you know a, a European customer um, you know based out of Paris they should be able to go. Uh, you know, to to the uh, cloud workloads in in Paris, as opposed to having to you know come back to the U.S. For example, um, the other is just agility, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the reasons customers want to use virtual network functions over physical is just like that. You know, it's so much quicker, right? That the exercise of doing it physically um, and having the discussion about renting space and power. And then getting the Gantt chart out uh, around, you know, when when are we going to order it? When's it going to be there? When's it going to pass through customs? Who's going to rack stack? Are we going to, you know, are we going to um, use services to rack and stack it, or are we going to fly somebody out to do that? You know, apply the configuration, monitor it, etc. Like that's all on the customer if they're doing a physical deployment, whereas if they're doing a virtual deployment, they could literally decide now and minutes later um, have have that virtual device deployed, and so. It, it uh, comes with a fair amount of you know business agility and time to market. Um, as an example, we had a large um, manufacturer uh, that is uh, is looking to. Um, they're actually doing a spinoff here in, a, in in a few months, and so they were originally planning a physical network for that that new spinoff. Um, but due to supply chain shortages, they, 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 they couldn't do it. And they were, um, really concerned about like what, you know, how are they going to meet the deadline for this? And when they learned about network edge capabilities, um, you know, the, the temperature came way down. And, and, and so, you know, they're, they're now moving forward with a virtual deployment, uh, so they can get that network going and then they can, um, spin the company out on schedule, uh, without, uh, interrupting. You know the business objectives there. So yeah, at the end of the day, virtual deployments bring a lot of agility and time to value. Right, and I think we've certainly seen that in some of our global deployments with hardware and the challenges that come with that. And I think what's interesting then is also the the platform that this allows the enterprise to be plugged into. Then sort of the day two scenario, you can you can spin hard you know virtual equivalents of hardware out very quickly, but then. Being plugged into what is then a, effectively a software-defined backbone instead of the very rigid static backbones that they would have had through a, a telco environment in the past, that's obviously quite a difference then as well in terms of the agility and flexibility that that provides. And you know, just as you would need to plan for long lead times in hardware in the past, the same was true with circuits and upgrades were a big concern and making those sort of changes really required a lot of planning in the traditional network. So. With this sort of uh, flexible software-defined platform, what do you see enterprises doing differently that maybe they just weren't able to do before or wasn't feasible given the timescales or other constraints that they might have had? Yeah, in, in some respects, I think it, um, 
it, it, that level of agility enables a bit of experimentation um, that they're able to uh, try things out um, and do that try things out a little bit in, in real time um, and some of that is just around how they build HA and resilient architectures right um, so so you know they would typically deploy multiple devices in a given metro but then another metro nearby you know like maybe they're deploying in Dallas and then and, and so then um, they deploy a couple of virtual devices for HA there, but then they might deploy a couple of virtual devices in, in Chicago and maybe a couple of virtual devices in Dallas. And, and those, may be, those may be needed for on-ramp in each of those locations, but they're also become resilient options when they start connecting between Chicago, Dallas, and Washington, D.C. So like, hey, if something were to happen here, you know, could my customers and, and employees in one Location get routed in, in, into a different site. Um, you know, even if it's not necessarily the network down, it might be maybe the workloads are down, um, and they need to have access to you know different uh, uh, different way to get to, to 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 those workloads. So yeah, it just provides a lot of a uh, lot of flexibility uh, for our customers, and again, they're able to uh, prove this out. Uh, Fairly quickly, right? It's it's not uh, like I say it's not as much of a Gantt chart exercise. Although you know that all that said, planning is really important. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, speaking of that uh, sort of overall solution perspective, then this is obviously a very powerful platform that enterprises can get a lot of value out of. A lot of enterprises will have this plus some other components in their network, maybe an SD WAN layer, the connectivity at the edge, and so on. So. In the deployments that you've seen, what do you see as the role of integrators, managed service providers? You know, this is a space that we've become heavily involved in in the last year or so as just the interest level has really spiked in this whole space. But what sort of value add do you see partners like that providing in this overall mix? You know, the, the outcomes can be great if you can get there, but are clients typically working with those types of partners as well to extract the maximum amount of value there? Or what sort of model are you seeing emerge? Yeah, I mean, I see a ton of value for partners uh, coming in and providing that, those integration services. Um, at the end of the day, you know, the partners are, are an end customer's trusted advisor in their journey. Every customer is a little bit, you know, is going to be different, going to have something unique in their environment. They're at a different stage in their digital transformation journey, and a partner can come in and help um, uh, help them through that. Um, Leveraging experience from you know many other deployment deployments that they've they've done, and so it just increases success because while it's quick and easy to deploy virtual services, um, at the end of the day, architecture matters, and so uh, having a you know an integrator come in and you know provide those uh, planning, design, and implementation services um, really helps ensure both. You know the, um, the success, but also the time, the value of what the customer is ultimately trying to achieve. You know, we did. Um, you know, we had one. I'm recalling. You know, one of our enterprise customers wanted to do it on their own. They ultimately achieved what they wanted to do on their own, but they went through a few iterations because you know they were thinking kind of um, how they used to do things, everything in a physical way, and you know, um, just trying to replicate that. And it turned out that there were other things, you know, in, in terms of how they could build the resilient architectures on the platform, they started realizing, oh, there's 
things that we can take advantage of and they don't didn't realize this until they're halfway through the, the project. So had they used um, you know a partner, I think they would have achieved the ultimate value quicker. So I'm a big component of that. And then um, you know of course some organizations also want to take advantage of managed services as well. And so um, you know happy to continue to work with uh, partners like yourselves to, on not just the professional services side, but on the managers, managed services side as well. Right. Now, I think your point there about the, the tool sets and the, the methodology is quite interesting. We've run into that a lot with enterprises that approach these projects with that maybe traditional one mindset in mind. And like you said, they can maybe get there, but the time to value is a lot longer because there's all these native capabilities in in these newer platforms that are there that can shortcut big chunks of that or add additional functionality that just wasn't very easily to easily accessed in the past. So definitely we, we always would advise that to sort of take a fresh mindset to some of these deployments, make sure you're taking advantage of all of the, the tools and capabilities in these platforms, because yeah, it's, it's able to just vastly shortcut the process in many cases and, and really increase that time, uh, increase the value that you can get in a very short length of time. Yeah, absolutely. So overall, Kevin, where do you think we are in the adoption cycle of this technology? So we're out there talking to enterprises on a daily basis. So it's clear there's a great level of interest out there. And we've seen our own clients either go all the way down this path in terms of adopting it, or some of them are testing it, or some of them are kind of in the middle of that. But they span multiple industry verticals and enterprise sizes. But what are you seeing in your experience? Are there certain verticals where this is kind of a no-brainer for them to adopt this type of technology or enterprise sizes or geographies that come into play here? Like what's becoming a pattern that you're starting to see emerge in terms of where the real level of interest in this technology lies? Right. So I think we're early on uh, with this technology in, in, in a lot of respects. I think that many customers don't fully understand the value that Equinix can bring to the table here. Uh, once they start to realize that, you know, Equinix is this kind of cloud-neutral and carrier-neutral uh, facility that can provide this high-performance, low-latency, private interconnection to clouds and other other service providers like a WebEx or a Zoom, mm -hmm. um, they start to realize, wow, in my, uh, in my digital journey, that uh, Equinix can provide a ton of value for us. Frankly, regardless of whether they're deploying physically or virtually, we can provide a ton, ton of value. But then, um, you know, uh, I think Network Edge is just proving that a virtual deployment, particularly if you have no presence at Equinix today, a virtual deployment is an easy way to start taking advantage of all of that platform value that Equinix brings to the table, right? Um, and so in terms of, you know, Industries, I think that I'm seeing, um, you know, interest across across a lot of industries, uh, um, and so I don't know that it's zeroed in on any particular industry. You know, I've certainly seen retail, I've seen financial, I've seen manufacturing, um, I've seen entertainment. Um, you know, I you know, it's, it's, I guess as I mentioned, entertainment like. Um, you know, there was uh, there was one of our customers. Uh, in fact, I can mention because they're going to be having a, uh, uh, a public-facing case study. Friend MTS. They they had a use case centered around the the Olympics um, and the, the Tokyo Olympics. And so 
you know, they were doing things with, with respect to, to media and entertainment, um, but it was a short-term, short-lived uh, use case. But you could think of media, obviously, as being uh, very bandwidth-intensive and workload-intensive. And so, you know, while that's a, a strong vertical, I'm seeing it acro across, a, a, um, you know, a large swath of verticals. So I wouldn't necessarily pin it on one. In terms of company size, you know, certainly... Uh, when customers become multi-cloud, then it's a no-brainer that that you know using Equinix um, is probably uh, you know in your future uh, to help optimize multi-cloud networking. But even if you have a single cloud, uh, if you even if you're using a single cloud, we're finding customers that again for that cloud on-ramp capability, and then to be able to connect your sites uh, and to be able to establish presence in you know new geographies if you're moving outside um you know a given environment uh then then it makes sense so i think you know based on those characteristics um we're seeing a lot of demand and like i say i think it's still early days um you know in, in terms of the adoption of the platform and we're going to continue to grow it and, and, and make the value of it continue to increase we've got the the major players in terms of SD-WAN, firewall, and, 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 and routers. Um, we're going to be adding a load balancer here in the not-too-distant future. Um, and we've got some additional vendors that maybe in a future podcast we can talk about uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're early days, but it's, it's, um, it's growing like gangbusters as, as organizations realize how they can leverage it to uh, optimize uh, their digital transformation journey. Right. Okay. Well, uh, we'd certainly agree with that, that we're seeing just the, the interest level really spike in this and a lot of enterprises that are having their eyes open for the first time to the value that this can unlock and the, the sort of alternative operating model that, that can be enabled by it. So, yeah, we're we're definitely uh, interested in seeing where this progresses and you know, we, we definitely see it as a big part of our overall telco independent approach, you know, having that neutrality around the the, the connectivity all the way from the edge back into those cloud workloads and so on. And I think this is, a, this is a really big part of it. So, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, your perspectives have been really helpful here. I hope our listeners have found it valuable. And as always, you know, we're available here if anybody would like to learn more about the topic or ask any follow-up questions. And yeah, please feel free to reach out to us. But yeah, thank you again, Kevin. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, thank you. It's been my pleasure. appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and talk with you and appreciate the, the partnership. Great. Thank you. Take care.